0: Okay, short break. If you want to get a drink of water, go to the bathroom, feel free. What you're not allowed to do is scatter your mind. Stay with the method of embodied experiencing. Everyone doing. How was that period of sitting?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So we do by ourselves. Take your time, go to the stages. Not all the stages, but the preliminary ones. Relaxing the body, checking our feeling tone. Avail ourselves to the method through that contentment. Relaxed and grounded. And for the whole period, you may just stay with embodied experiencing of the palpable experience of sitting. Just that. You don't need to go through all the stages. And you get that foundation solid, solid. And transition to daily activities. You're grounded, always very grounded, in tune with your body. So any subtle shifts that's happening within yourself, whatever that comes up, how you manifest in your body, you know exactly what's happening. And when you're grounded, any subtle shift in your perception. Right? Grasping, clinging. Narrative, you're actually very clear what's happening when the overlay manifests we don't see how things actually are when that happens. Right? We just see the overlay. So when you're in tune with what's what's actually happening, then when the overlay manifests, you see it, you don't react to it. <coughs> let it pass away. And you're just present. Right? Present to what's what is all the resources that you have relating to people talking with people interacting with people wouldn't just manifest just responding to uh, what needs to be done what can be done what is needed and if we ourselves have a lot of emotion that comes up relax ground, have an anchor, and allow them to come up. Invite them to come. But you're anchored, and relaxing. So you're not really identifying with them, but you're not suppressing them either. You're not oblivious to them. They are arising. Images, words, feeling, tones are rising. You're not oblivious, but you're not following. You're grounded. That's how it they flow through. You may start to make connections, have some insight, some understanding. Could be maybe not. You don't suppress that either. A new narrative replacing an old one. Right? We need that. Something bad happened to us. we need our brain needs to catch up to what's happening. So it comes up with a new night Oh, this is, you know. Right now, no narrative is coming up, so I can't give examples. <laughs> um, like something not so good happened to us. It just. New beginning. New beginning. Everywhere, I see you. Always with me. Something like that, you may come up with that. It right? don't surprise, you don't, you don't hold on to it dearly, but it's a new way of seeing things, natural. We need new ways of seeing things. It's a new beginning. You are in me. I see you everywhere, always with me. You allow that to be, but you don't necessarily hold on to it. It's just. Allowed to be present and then you're grounded. Okay. New possibilities. Any observations you'd like to share? Any experience you'd like to share? Let's try to keep it to experience, not philosophical ideas. Okay? Let's keep it to experience. Did you want to say
1: something? Yeah. question?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah.
1: The feeling tones, are, are there times to investigate that? Are we treating that like our thoughts? But Noticing it and letting it go. Or is there
0: time to we wanna dig deeper and investigate why these feeling tones Yeah. Yeah. Are there times to actually dig deeper into the feeling tones that come up? Or we just recognize just let it go. Yes, there are times. There are different feeling tones are subtle thoughts. There are different kinds of thoughts. Sometimes they are just scattered. There's no need to dig deeper with those. Sometimes, there are memories, not so prominent, no particular reason. These memories accompanying the memories are feeling tones. The key here is no particular reason that they arise We don't dig deeper in those either And then there are feeling tones that are grounded in actual experience Unresolved issues in your daily life Things that have actually happened in your life That's coming up, calling for attention those we investigate right. Some trauma that happened, different things <clears throat> We may separate it, like this superior meditation I see you I need to meditate right. And then we have a separate time in which we are in the meditative position and we are just allowing them inviting them to come And just like I was saying them, relax. So not identify, but allow them to flow through Give them room Give them room to integrate And your prefrontal cortex your reasoning mind will want to have containers want to have new understandings catch up to these feelings You allow them to be right? For example, you may be sitting or you may be walking and you see a fallen leaf, and tears come. And that leaf falling reminds you of someone, something, whatever. Right? You allow that. You allow that experience to happen. You allow that the mind, to process this, experiencing, witnessing, and part of that process maybe you see that the leaf is part of the earth, it's part of the elements, and we too are part of the elements. I see you everywhere. You're just me. That's like a that's like a mind catching up to emotions. You see? It's processing. It's not like leaf. It left the branch. (laughs) It passed away. It left. It's alone. No, it returned to earth. Now it's nurturing. You see? Something like that. So a new narrative replaces you, part of this processing, you allow allow it to happen. But if it's just memory, feeling tone does come along with memory, like this person called me a jerk. Call me a jerk. I hate that person. Don't investigate those you know whether it's just it's, it's like two years ago or something. you know it's the different types yeah. Feeling tones are extremely important. They shape our perception. They shape our experience. Always be in tune with how you're how you're feeling in this moment. Always be in tune. How can you be in tune? You gotta be relaxed. If you're not relaxed, you're tense and you're busy. The feeling tone is shaping your experience. You don't even know it. So you're transferring whatever's happening previously, you got annoyed or something, because you're not aware, you're transferring to the next poor soul that you're seeing it's like directly just ne- negative. You're not aware of the feeling tone that's the culprit shaping. So feeling tones. How to access? Relax. Ground. Then it becomes very prominent. A lot of people, you know, practitioners included, they're not really in tune with themselves. You know, they're not really notice. Subtle ebb and flow of the feeling tones, very really subtle thoughts. These feeling tones are like moods, they're like attitudes that shape perception. They're always hijacking. Always hijacking your perception. Always. But being aware of what's happening. So, if you, most of the time, you're clear, grounded, content, neither grasp nor reject, needing nothing, no agenda. And then, when you see things, when you experience things at the intersection, the junctures of life, Less projection, less overlay. You know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a practice. That's a practitioner. Okay. It's not to say we don't have joy, we don't have sorrow. Yeah, but we're embodying, allowing the feeling to be. When we're happy, we're happy. And sad or sad.
1: <clears throat>
0: but the overlays, the interpretive overlays that's working, sometimes useful, sometimes not. You know? Okay, experience of the period of sitting.
1: Yes. Dave. You, you I am going to just use my own words because I don't remember exactly what you said. But sort of dropping into the current of below doing, you know, dropping into that state of of uh, just dividing and not. That's underneath doing, you know. Under, you okay. know what I'm, am I saying that? Well, like,
0: in, just saying. like in meditation or in doing? No, just, and
1: just in your daily life.
0: Hmm. Are you talking about feeling tone? Is that the same as feeling tone? I don't know. Uh, wait, so what I, are you dropping into? Uh, so what I've, what I've been experiencing lately is, is
1: um, instead of going from doing one thing to doing the next, to doing the next, is sort of dropping in underneath that, which is sort of a, a state of uh, an awareness that things need to be done, but it's it's being in a different state of kind of calm. And then I, when I have to do things, I. I will, automat- I will do them without thinking. I mean, I'll be present, but it's almost as, as if it arises on the timeline, and I do it as, it as it comes into alignment, and then go back to that state of relaxation.
0: Yeah. Good. Keep going. Yeah. Is there a question in there?
1: Well, is there, I mean, I've just been exploring. That's how to like drop into that state of underneath doing and yeah. what. The- <clears throat>
0: So the question is how to drop in to that state of present beneath the layer of all the activities that we're propelled to do one thing after another after another after another. But beneath that layer just this presence of calm and clear. And then when activity needs to be done, just responding. What needs to be done? What can be done? The secret is relaxed, grounded, embodied. So what you're dropping into, in that language that you're using, dropping into, is Relaxingly grounded. Just remember that. Embodied. It's what I call embodied experiencing. Okay? It's embodied. So, if most of the time you're embodied experiencing, you're just responding from that, responding to the intersections of life or the activities from that embodiment. Somatic, Uh, grounded in that. I wouldn't phrase it in this metaphor of dropping in, back, and then responding out, and then drop back into it. That makes it seem like you gotta go up and then down, and you know, like a submarine, come up, respond, sink down. (laughs) Don't need to do that. Like everything is included. right? You are just embodied experiencing, responding, responding from that. The metaphor is kind of like, it's always and has always been about you in a good way you are not responding to some other you are responding to yourself you are just me in the space of openness there are all kinds of furniture here right you are the space the elephant the per- people the activities Everything is just you. Yet, not me in a self referential way. It's just embodied experiencing. Hmm? Everyone obviously is different, unique, Hmm? but there's no opposition. No opposition, no othering. We take I take responsibility for our responses. In that way we take responsibility for our responses. It's not that he's doing this. That's why I'm responding with anger. Responding with anger is you. You know? It's just you're just me. There's a Zen chan saying. Master Dongshan, Chan Master Dongshan, the co-founder of Soto Tosa, when he was awakened, he was awakened by crossing the river a stream, looking at his own fragmented I- image in the water. That's, that was the catalyst for him to drop the sense of self. He says, "All these years searching." Now I finally know you're just me. Yet I'm not you. It's obvious, right? So obvious. Look in the mirror. No, yeah, you're just me. But are you really just me? <laughs> you're just me, but I'm not you.
1: Right?
0: So we experience life. All the people that mirror our responses, like that. Okay.
1: Uh, a lot of your teachings uh, over this weekend, and Buddhist teachings in general, talk about suffering and how to deal with suffering. We don't talk much about joy and happiness, where joy can bring up pride and <clears throat> boastfulness, and we don't talk about much about handling those emotions. It's all about suffering and. The elephant controlling your suffering and mm-hmm. dealing with that, but yeah. sometimes uh, joy and happiness can bring negative uh, emotions and uh, perceptions. Yeah. And we don't talk about
0: that. Yeah, thank you. We talked a lot about suffering, about you know, difficult situations. We don't talk too much about joy. And joy can bring on suffering. Joy can be joyful. Yeah. You're right. I didn't talk too much about joy, but I'm pretty joyful (laughs) as a result of practice Um, I say the things that I say in response to what needs to be said So this retreat I'm not saying all of you are suffering. (laughs) I'm not saying that, but I say what needs to be said. Yeah. Talk on joy—that's another time. Maybe when you and me are hanging out, then we can talk about joy. All right. Anyone else from the experience? Yeah, Peter in the back.
2: Notice that and poof, it's gone.
0: At the moment, just I notice it and acknowledge it's there, if it goes away, I'm free of it. But with craving, it's much different. So, particularly for me, it's the craving for food.
1: I can observe it and I can.
0: different things that come up, such as aversion, I observe it, in that instant, it vanishes, freed. But not so much with craving, particularly food. I'm present to it, I'm aware of it, I'm experiencing it. But I still want to eat it. (laughs) I'm perplexed by it. What is happening? What is happening is I have to ask you how are you aware of it, present to it? Yeah. Attainment. How in my head. Mm. Okay. You see in the way that you describe it, the, your actual experience, you didn't mention anything about your body. Mm. You're just tackling the mind. It's in the head. That's a problem. So body, mind, breath. Or body, heart, mind. All three are entangled together. You didn't mention anything about feeling tone. You didn't anything about body, the reaction, phys- physicality of the body. You didn't mention anything about grounding. Right? So just by being aware of it, Like, seeing it, that's just, you're just conscious, conscious, I'm aware, yeah, yep. I'm pretty, (laughs) I really like that, how about another one? You're just with the thought, you're with the thought, that's not mindfulness, you know? Certainly not embodied experiencing. So when we are craving, if we are used to being grounded, relaxed into it, we diffuse diffuse the phys- physical, somatic mechanism of craving. You already diffuse that. It's like the ammunition of craving you've taken away, it's gone. It's like a general with all kinds of soldiers charging at you. You take away all the soldier, now he's realized. He's just alone. He's got no backup. Say, bring it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your backup. Right? The ammunition is the physicality. Like your stomach. In tune with that. Are you hungry? Are you full? How much food do you eat, do you need in this moment? How empty is it? You're with the body, you know. You relax into it. That diffuses the mechanism of vexations. And then, when you look at that, it's just a construct. It's just a wandering thought, actually. There's no substance. It's a wandering thought. It has power because of habituation and ammunition. All the body, the breath pattern have changed. Everything reinforces it. You take away the reinforcement. it's just left alone. It's just a flickering thought. This embodied experiencing very important. Okay, you're in tune with the body, different shift. You're in tune with uh, feeling tones, and then when you address what needs to be done, what can be done, you know, more effective. That's Max. Just a, a question. In,
1: in the guided meditation we did earlier, the third entrance was wonderful, and, and Part of my paraphrase, about a light, don't know, and, and you know don't know, don't watch What happens if, if I decide to, or anybody decides to go in through that
0: door and suddenly find yourself, or himself, really getting in touch with the Well, what is this? And mm. you sort of
1: shift from silent illumination to a part practice yeah. intensity. Is that something that should be a concern?
0: Yeah, no need to concern. So the question is, you know the third entry to silent illumination, the way I taught it, was the wonderment in silent illumination. Light, spacious, just an open kinda wonder as opposed to narrow focus, more aggressive kind of questioning. What happens if one proceeds and this kind of in, more intense kind of questioning arises, is that of concern? Generally for my own students, they have to have permission from me to practice Huatou Koan. Once in a while if these feelings arise, that's fine. It doesn't culminate to anything, you know. And you just relax and they just fizzle away. So my students who are working on Koan, working on Huato, they ground themselves first. That's precisely what they're doing. They ground, relax. Checking the feeling tone. The feeling tone they are generating is contentment, but they tweak it to the sense of not knowing. So the feeling tone is that of not knowing. They may do silent illumination with a breath work, but they are doing it through the feeling tone of not knowing. Curious wonderment. And then, they bring up the critical phrase. That's how they work on it. Right? But the foundation, I teach my students, foundation must be solid, solid, so there's no side effect to huato practice. Headache, bad breath, you know, all kinds of top heavy, heat, all that. So they're very stable. You don't have to worry. Just you know, one experimentation, guided meditation, it's not gonna do anything. Yeah. If you want to work on Huato, you have to ask your teacher. Yeah. Okay. Any other question? Yes, please.
1: Could you speak
0: briefly about, in your book there is a contemplation of space or spaciousness? Mm. Some of the terms I use are evocative, particularly spaciousness. Can I speak more about spaciousness? It's gonna open a can of worm. <laughs> it's like another course. So just stick to the book. <laughs> when I talked about cyanation, illumination, I think I do have a video on YouTube. Contemplation spaciousness. Yeah, I think. I'm not sure. Anyway, you can email Tallahassee Chan at Gmail and uh, some of the people, the staff will respond and find you. I have a video also on direct contemplation that we practice very briefly. It's worth exploring. Direct contemplation and contemplation extinguished—the interplay between the two stages. That's a that's a good one. Check it out, hey, Dawn uh, Yeah, just relating to
2: the text. Also, I was wondering—is um, <coughs> this referring to the underlying feeling tone of being love and how that is different from? an underlying feeling tone of contentment, like if you're doing kind of meta guess, practice
0: um, How are you reading that, tell me, uh, flesh it system. out, one what, what what, sentence? What passage?
2: Well, how you replace everything sort of by love and compassion um, yeah. So if your underlying feeling tone is compassion or love when you're sitting I was just wondering if that's different from having an underlying feeling to have
0: contentment? Okay. When I went over the texts, I substituted luminosity, bright illumination, light, with love and compassion. That's because in silent illumination, Silent is the selflessness. Illumination is the function. Okay, so the function of being without self is relating to others without agenda, without self-referentiality, and just responding with what needs to be done, what can be done. In that sense, it's genuine love and compassion. So that's a little bit different than underlying feeling tone Okay, so the text is referring to the function of selfless action Okay. Now your question If that underlying feeling tone is that love and compassion How does that gel with contentment? Is that your question? I'm wondering if it's different. If it's different, yeah. um, Yeah. You know, with meta or
2: generating, feeling like you're generating compassion or love, it feels like you're not questioning that. Like it's just coming out, you know, like a bubbling or something. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm Questioning that. Questioning. You're not challenging.
2: I don't know. I'm not observing. Maybe are you still just observing it? I, I don't know. Where I'm, like what? I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that a lot of times I think um, my practice is more like that, like meta, and not really feeling contentment, but feeling more like um, love. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering how to okay um, integrate.
0: That. How to integrate it? Okay. So now there's a question. In your practice, Dong. You tend to practice metta, and you're just allowing the welling up of loving kindness, sending that to yourself and others. Right? You're not really observing that. It's just a bubbling, a welling up. You're cultivating this. How does that show with contentment? <coughs> Is it different? How is it different than contentment? Okay. You don't think of it as different or same. You don't think of it in terms of the language, the words. Okay? It doesn't need necessarily to be contentment. Like some of my students, they don't like the word contentment for whatever reason. They like equanimous, right? What they like being at ease. You could simply just once you do the progressive relaxation, checking with the feeling tone, you generate loving kindness. You do that. And you avail yourself to the method of practice, whatever method that may be, you may be loving kindness meditation, but maybe the breath with Loving kindness with compassion. You know what I'm saying? It's not not. Don't fix it on the words. Don't fix it on differences. The way we relate. I talk about practices of building relationship, right? The way we relate to wandering thoughts that arise, the emotions that arise. You face them with loving kindness. What is the feeling tone of loving kindness for you?
2: It's like um, just, I don't know, just so much energy. Um, mm,
0: a lot of energy.
2: Yeah, so it makes it feel like if I want to do contentment, like I have to subdue the loving I energy and go try to figure out what contentment is. Mm,
0: okay. You feel like if you have to do contentment, you're going to suppress some of that energy. Right. What is that energy like? Is there a physiological component I to that? Feels
2: like a lot of um, waves of energy coming through my body. Hmm.
0: Is the energy different than loving kindness? Is it just energy? Your primary practice is loving kindness? Um,
2: it just happens spontaneously.
0: Sometimes okay. Sometimes. So you just do that. Just do that. Uh, there are no thoughts and images accompanying that energy, is there?
2: Sort of like all or something
0: like So is it always like that with every period of sitting? No. no. So what happens when when that's absent? What remains?
2: Sitting, so I'm I'm talking about
0: like good sitting. Okay, so at the regular sitting, struggling with pain, this and that, that comes later. When you first sit, you don't know if it's going to be a, hey, is this period going to be a regular sitting or it's going to be one of those all consuming, powerful, (laughs) loving kindness? You don't know that. So when you're relaxing, grounding, checking the feeling tone. Tap into what is actually feeling in that moment as you're relaxing. And that feeling should be, generally speaking, you're content, pleasant, slight traces of contentment. It's all right.
2: Actually, now that you're mentioning it, um, most often it does happen when I can do the relaxation thing, like you're saying. Yeah. And then it'll just start coming through, and then there's no. Even if they started with pain, the pain just um, I'm not, like, I guess it's still there, but because there's no thought, it's like not really there.
0: Yeah. yeah. okay. So you say, actually, now that I mentioned that, <clears throat> when you are sitting, you're able to do that. I just want to make sure you're able to do the contentment, right? Or you're able to do the like what is it that you actually that's present when you're relaxing, grounding, and how do you actually feel in that moment?
2: Then I just go directly into that loving thing usually. It's like I'm either stuck in the pain thing or I go directly. Into
0: All right. Don't bifurcate. Don't bifurcate into two things. This is good, loving kindness, is welling up, bubbling up of love, and then it's just pain. That's not reality. That's a storyline. That's an overlay. So you gotta dismantle. You don't believe in that. In that moment when you are sitting, when you are just assume the sitting posture and you're progressively relaxing. And after you relax, checking the feeling tone. What is actually happening now? Content. It's okay. Neither grasping or rejecting. Pain hasn't come yet. Not yet. It will come later, maybe. Just that moment. You can use other words to describe. It's okay, I'm feeling alright. Like that. That's what I mean. Feeling alright. No need to change things. No need to get rid of pain. No need to chase after loving kindness either. Wait for that to happen. Because that's a good sitting. Pain is not a good sit. Don't go there. In that moment, it's okay. Pain comes. Welcome. Oh, come next to me, let's sit together. Loving kindness, you have your spot too, you stay it to the left. Uh, you do you, I do me. Mm-hmm. That. If your method is not loving kindness, and that welling up always comes, You are following it. Something's going on there. Okay? So, this energy, this emotion, welling up, all consuming. Hmm. Something's going on. If you're meditating on loving kindness and you're generating that, you're grounded, you're relaxed, loving kindness. If you're not using loving kindness, you're using the breath, and the energy comes, oh, here it comes, this is a good sitting now, kill it. That's something that I would say to my student, close student. You've been hanging out with the world of Chan and our community, so I kind of feel like I could say that to you, I'm just poking, taking the needle, poking a little bit. Okay. First question How does the breath meditation figure into silent illumination? Particularly uh, the first entry of silent illumination, the grounding, physicality of sitting, embodied experiencing of sitting. In breath awareness, Embodied experiencing of the breath. Embodied experiencing of breath. The thread that connects everything is experiencing. It's just that the object of experiencing in silent illumination, first stage, is the body. Sitting. The sitting body. The object of anapanasati. It's the breath. It's fine. So, the embodiment part is the tactile sensation of it. Tactile sensation of it, the experiencing. Now, it happened to be over here on the nose. Or some people don't have sensations here, so they put it down in the belly. But it's the actual experience of that. That's most important. Breath doesn't have a sensation. Does air have sensation? Does air have nerve endings? No. It's you that are experiencing. You have nerve endings. So when the air goes through the nose, you're experiencing. And you're experiencing changes. Your sensation changes, right? So the thread that connects to is embodied experiencing. So you're just aware of the breath, the experiencing, the experiencing, the experiencing of the breath. If there's no sensation here, no experiencing, drop it down to the abdomen. There are sensations there. There is the rise and fall, and the gap between the rise and the fall. Still sensation there. The the presence of experiencing. Concentration is here. So the the experiencing will be here. If this also disappears, as if moving, as if not moving, no wandering thoughts, then Diffuse it, diffuse it to just the presence, the grounding. It could be the posturing if the body is still there. Or just the relaxed sensation of grounding. That's how one segues from breath to silent illumination. If one wants to stay with the breath, just continue with the breath then you have to figure out something because if the breath sensation disappears at the nose and then disappears the abdomen you have to have something otherwise the mind just there's no anchor anymore so the mind is just who knows what the mind is doing it's just cruising right so you have to have something at that time usually the whole body is breathing through all, all the pores of the body. Just airy, not necessarily in and out. Those words fall away, it's just the presence of the air element, and you feel it in the body. It's a very subtle. Very, very subtle experience. And um, it's a pre jhana, pre samadhi state. If a person continues, then they'll be hijacked by rapture, in which the breath no more. It's just bliss, feeling of. Pleasant, pliancy, supple, pleasant <clears throat> that's, what, that's what these jhana and samadhi states are They are just altered states of mind Hijacked by different psychophysiological states So Chan doesn't emphasize that Some practitioners focus on that Except the fourth jhana has no content. That's the one can generate wisdom. The other ones, um, the content overtakes, overpowers other methods of practice. The method basically is. It's called one is just enraptured with particular states, the first one, second one, third one. fourth one has no content. Therefore, it's a great potential for liberation. So the Buddha entered into nirvana through the fourth jhana. You can't do that for the first, second, and third. Okay? But so for now, a breath itself can you it can just sustain that. That's your primary method, yes? <coughs> Yeah. Okay. So you have to take. Yeah, but you have to take something as a method, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, usually in my tradition, to bypass all the jhanas. Once the person becomes grounded, just take that as a method. So that naturally segues into, very clearly, very palpably. First entry point to silent denomination. Right? Because the body still exists. And there's no wandering thoughts. So it's just there. Second question: difference between concentration versus unification. In concentration, okay. First of all, this is not this is not a stagnant state. It's like oh! Now I mean unification. <laughs> now I mean concentration uh, is a whole gradation of okay. that. Concentration ranges from the ability to stay with the method for some short, sustained period, a minute? almost a minute, just on the method. From that. It ranges all to staying with the method and yet you know a car just went by but you have you're on the method. It's not a course thought a car car oh it must be a hybrid the sound is different you know? or Toyota or truck or. Something. Nothing like that. It's just shh. so you know, or you know what's happening in the room. So it has a wide range. All that is concentration, from short periods, just being on the method, being on the method, being on the method, to uh, noticing subtle perceptions. Okay, unification there are different gradations as well, from longer duration of being on the method so much that there is no longer perception of the body, just the perception of method. Like the Bali has disappeared in retrospect, looking back, oh wow, that period i didn't know what, what the Bali was doing right um, so the the Bali had vanished that's a that's a kind of a it's not the whole period, but maybe a substantial chunk like um, it's hard to put some time stamp on it, but you know, like you're sitting for half an hour, 40 minutes, and uh, towards the end, it's just the method. It come out of it, it's like as if the body wasn't there. That's unification of body and mind. There are deeper ones unification of uh, a little bit deeper not that deeper unification of inside and outside Like if you come out of this unification of body and mind and now you're massaging you're coming out of meditation and you're walking in the field and it's as if the trees, nature, everything is just connected intimately in your field of concentration Inseparable No othering So it's that, that kind of perception of oneness That's unification of inside outside And that's common Relatively, so from some brief moment to some duration, it's possible to be in that for like a whole month, you're just in the state, and you're operating, not dipping in, dropping out, coming back out from action, everything is just one. It's as if moving, as if not moving. As if doing things, tasks are being done. Are they being done? They are being done. But did you do it? No. It's just, but things are getting done. It's like a flow, it's like a deep, deep sense of flow. That's a unification of inside outside. Like some religious leaders, different traditions, they have experience like this. Like Francis of Assisi, you know, experiencing brother, son, Birds, that's unification what he's talking about And then a deeper kind of unification would be previous moment, subsequent moment, unified In which one is just present The time stops And there's shallow one and very deep one. Time stop means one it's not a method that you're working on. Right? That's still kind of polarity. Method disappeared. You're just absorbed. And certain psychophysiological states may arise, like bliss. Then the person goes into jhanas. Right? And in that Whatever state of Samadhi, just enraptured, everything just collapsing into that, just in that. There's no observation of that, it's just in it. And there are different states. That's, that's how I interpreted our tradition. There are teachers that teach jhana. I don't know how they teach it. So I can't comment on that. Um, um, does that answer your question, basically? Yeah. Okay. Okay, what I'd like to do is take a short break. If you need to get a drink, quickly come back. When we come back, we will um, uh, have a period of sharing, you know, sharing what was useful to you. It's important uh, to articulate, to identify, to put a name to this. Even though throughout the retreat, I said, put the names away, don't, don't know, blah blah blah, but at the end of the retreat to synthesize what was useful to you and put a name to it. It may change in the future, but at least you concretize it. And that's kind of important, because certainly for Dharma practice, because when we leave these nebulous experiences in our, in our mind, they're kind of like half-baked and they quickly morph, they don't, and they are quickly forgotten. Right? So that means, they quickly loses its efficacy. I'm not saying we just put containers to everything. What I'm saying is, it's good to identify, uh, at the end of a practice period, to identify what you have learned, solidify, to articulate it out. So, you put a container on it, what was useful, right? what was less useful, and then you work from there. Otherwise, it becomes nebulous, like mushy, kind of, you don't know what. And someone asks you, How was your trio? Good. <laughs> oh, how, how do you mean good? Well, I don't really know. It's just, you know, it was really good. It's like saying nothing, you know. What was it useful? Zero ingong on that. That I found was useful. This I didn't resonate with. I right? if you have time, you jot it down in your book of poison words. <laughs> Once in a while, you can look at it. You know, and it becomes um, teaching. Right? So sharing. Everyone gets an opportunity Of course, people have the opportunity not to share But I still encourage you, if you don't share, you're honest with yourself and you share with yourself You write it down Otherwise you really just... Forget about the future It's like tomorrow, a week later, it's like Suck air. (laughs) So, write it down. All right, take a break, we'll come back. When you hear the bell ring, we can come back. Thank you.